This episode of The Yarn is sponsored by Heinemann and their professional book, Reading to Make a Difference, using literature to help students speak freely, think deeply, and take action, by Lester L. Laminick and Catherine Kelly. Colby talked with the authors about the book. We wrote Reading to Make a Difference as a way to help um, provide educators and librarians with a curated list of diverse books around different topics. And so we've selected books that we believe through the guidance of a teacher with some read aloud and some conversation can result in the notion that children have an awareness that they didn't have for that will lead them to the opportunity for taking action to try to make the world a better place. Inclusion matters. And reading to make a difference will help make your classroom or library a more inclusive place. Visit Heinemann.com to learn more and order a copy. Hello, is this Okay Mora? And I was like, yes, it's me. And they're like, this is the Caldecott Committee. And I was like, hi. <laughs> Welcome to The Yarn, a School Library Journal production. I'm Travis Yonker. So how is this for starters? In 2018, author-illustrator Oge Mora released her debut picture book, Thank You, Amu. It won a Caldecott honor. In 2019, she released her second picture book, called Saturday. It won the Boston Globe Horn Book Award. How did this happen? Over the next two episodes, we'll talk to Oge about her flying start. In part two, we'll focus on her book Saturday. But right now, it's time to unravel. Thank you, Amu. I actually started making this book when I was in college. And so we were doing work on picture books. I graduated in illustration. And we had a prompt where we needed to do either a reductive story where something's being lost over time or a productive story where something is being gained over time. And we were supposed to just choose between one or the other. And I just thought, I don't really want to choose between one or the other. Wouldn't it be more interesting if you could talk about something being lost over time but at the same time talk about something being gained over time. And I thought that, that when I thought about that concept, it immediately made me think about growing up with my grandmother and how she was just really able to bring us all together around the table with her a big fat pot of thick red stew. I had this like fall presentation that was like the final and I was just like oh my goodness and so I presented it and at the end um, my now art director came up to me her name is Sasha and she was just like oh I really loved your story like you seem so great like can I get a pdf of your book dummy I want to see if what little brown thinks about it and I was like do you um yes <laughs> I, I would happily give you the PDF. <laughs> and so, honestly, I don't even know. Like, I feel like 
even before it was like it actually happened, I was already cheesing. I was like, what's better than that? Someone's think like I like called my mom like crazily afterwards. I was like, oh my gosh, someone's thinking about it being a book. I've won at life. <laughs> so um, I didn't find out like how that process went until like um, that January. But during that whole December, I had already, I, I was already in celebrations. Whether it actually became a book or not, I was like, I've succeeded. I'm done here. <laughs> so when it actually, they decided to um, make me an offer, that was exciting but also I was just like I just won that you considered it as an actual picture book I'm very happy with that <laughs> I'll spend maybe three or so days like establishing the gist of a collage and I don't glue anything really down but I just kind of like let it sit and so I'll put it in its corner in my studio because what happens is sometimes like sometimes the collage will just kind of come naturally I'll be like oh it's because it's it's like putting together a puzzle so sometimes I'll be like I'll be on a roll and I'll be like wow I got like this whole character done so quickly and then other times like I'll put together something pretty quickly and then I know like in this book they're like her pot holder <sighs> I I can't tell you how many times I cut out that pot holder. Um, yeah, it's the one where it ended up being a map. That actually is a map of Ohio, by the way. I thought it was interesting, yeah. <laughs> it ended up being a map. But like, I was originally like, oh, it's gonna be this color. And I put it in and it didn't work. And I just was trying out different colors. I was painting new papers. I was going to stores and just trying to find, I was like, maybe there's like a book scrap or something. And I was just like looking and looking and looking. So it's like, I might, like week one, I might do the collage, but I might, I probably won't finish it till like week nine where like everything gets glued down. You learn very early in collage that find out how much paper you need and do double that. Because <laughs> like sometimes you just don't know and the most annoying thing is you spend, you, like a lot of it's intuitive. I'll just sit and I'll be like, oh, I'm just gonna keep messing with the paper and I'll just kind of have fun with the paper. And I'll be like, oh, this is a cool paper. I wonder what I'm ever gonna use it for. And I might, I might make a paper, like one of the, some of the, uh, Funnily enough, some of the papers that I used in this book, um, like usually the ones, like it's where you see a lot of the sewing patterns, like like the sewing patterns on like the craft paper that I have. A lot of that came from another project I had done like early on in college, where I was supposed to just make something out of found items. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll just do something. I was just playing around with paper as I always did. And so I made some envelopes and I was like, wow, I spent like, four days straight on these envelopes. What am I supposed to do with these? <laughs> and so I just threw it in my paper heap and didn't think too much about it. And I thought, oh yeah, that was kind of useless. Oh well, I'll just keep it around. And then I'm working on this book and I had made the sidewalks and I was like something about the sidewalks and they just needed a little oomph. It like wasn't like enough. I was like, it needs a little more. It needs more texture. And I was going through like my paper pile and I found those envelopes that I had made. <laughs> and I put one of the envelopes up against it on this page. Yeah. And I was like, that's what it needs. And so it's just kind of like, it's kind of like, 
it's kind of like a long form joke, you know, or you're like, you, you, you kind of have, sometimes you just wait for the punchline, you know? <laughs> I have an enviable amount of paper. <laughs> Usually, whenever I like go to like, they're like, "Oh yeah, go to this piano or something like that." I'm just, I, I always just, ha I confess. I'm just like, I'm a bit. I'm, I think this is a safe space. I just want to confess to you all that I am a paper fiend. I love paper so much. Like, and when I was in school, I, I just really love paper, and I would just, I had this huge, this trash. I had a trash bag of paper. <laughs> it really was, but like, like a trash bag that was like dedicated to my papers. That if I when I'm moving out of my dorm, I'm moving out that trash bag. No, that's not going to the actual garbage. That is my paper collection. It's going with me. I'm putting it in storage, something like that. And so every time I would make a collage piece, it was kind of like. I was like, I tried to stay very neat. I was like, oh, I like to keep things neat. And then every time I would have to make a collage, it would literally be like something like exploded in my studio. <laughs> but um, somebody had like suggested to me like, oh yeah, I know this one artist and they actually um, organize their papers by color. And I was like, that's a way better idea than having an actual trash bag <laughs> for your paper obsession. I was like, let's, Let's nip this in the bud. Like, let's make better decisions. I'm really into it now. So I have like, uh, I have light. I have cool dark neutrals. I have warm dark neutrals. I have my blacks. I have my pinks. I have my reddish yellows. Like all that sort of stuff. And they're all labeled. And I, when I finish paper, I'd like try to put it back. I have like larger papers sitting there, but I also have like little baggies in each drawer that's for like the little tiny little bits of paper because you never know if you're gonna use them again. And so I kind of been working on my own little paper library. It's much better having everything organized. Definitely recommended that over the trash bag. <laughs> Before we wrapped up, I had to ask Oge to talk about getting the call when the Caldecott Committee notified her that Thank You Amu would be receiving an honor award. Even though I, I love picture books and I, I try to keep up to date and like see all the amazing work that's always coming out, I'm very unfamiliar with this idea of the call. And so usually um, I actually don't watch the live stream. I'll usually catch like during the end of the day, I'll like see like the winners and be like, oh wow, this person won, that's so amazing and stuff like that. So like any other year, I was like, oh, I never watched the live stream or, and I had never heard of the concept that people get calls beforehand. I, I figure everyone finds out during the stream. So um, I was just kind of like sitting and it was a work day for me. So I was just collaging and doing my work. And like I had gotten like this call from like Washington and I don't know anybody from Washington and it wasn't in my contact list. And so, you know, with these robocalls being as ridiculous as they are, I didn't answer it because I just assumed it was one of these robocalls. And so I was just like, oh, someone called me. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. And then that same number like called again, like immediately afterwards. And I was like, all right, that can't be a robocall. They don't call you twice. And so um, I picked up the phone and I didn't say anything because 
I was still a little suspicious that it was a robocall. And like they always say, like, don't say anything into the call. Like they do something with like your voice or something. They just, I don't know why, but they just say that you're not supposed to do that. So I was like, all right, I'm going to pick this up. But like, it doesn't mean I'm going to come into the phone and be like, hey, okay, speaking. And so I was just like, I'll let them identify themselves. And then maybe I'll identify myself too. And so it just was like quiet for a bit. I was like, mm-hmm. Who is this? <laughs> Thinking in my mind. And then it was like, hello, is this okay, Mora? And I was like, yes, it's me. And they're like, this is the Caldecott Committee. And I was like, hi. <laughs> and they're like, we're calling because you've won a Caldecott honor. And I was like, I think in, when you hear that, your brain sort of short circuits. And so I most definitively said, um, Oh my God, I thought you were a telemarketer. <laughs> Before I was like, thank you. <laughs> and then after that, I was giddy for the whole day. Lots of tears, sitting in a corner for a bit being like, is this real life? <laughs> but like I had seen before that some, like I had heard some people put it on like list or like be like, oh yeah, like, oh, I think it's like a contender and stuff. But like, I mean, I always, I just took it as like, oh, wow, what a compliment that people really like the book. But like, I never really thought, oh, wow, I should, I should be prepared for anything, especially it being my debut book. I was like, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm glad people like what I first started off with. So we'll see how my career goes from here. But I, I'm like, uh, when I ended up with this book deal and I was telling my teacher about it and I was like I'm so nervous like this will be my first full-on book I've never done like any like illustrations to this magnitude it requires a lot of like planning and things like that and she was just like you have a good story so just make the artwork good and it better be good because if it's not good you'll not you won't be able to work in uh, publishing again if your debut doesn't isn't good so I was like okay (laughs) so honestly my brain I was just like I don't want to be fired I just wanted to go okay I'm like have have your ducks in a row like just want to make a good impression don't don't let them laugh you out the door so when people are like we actually really like it I was like yay (laughs) maybe I'll make another book Thank you, Oge Mora, for the interview. Thank you, Philip Stead, for creating our theme music. Thank you, Heinemann, for sponsoring this episode. Additional music for this episode from the Free Music Archive. Have an idea for the show? You can contact us via email at theyarnpodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com and visit us online at the School Library Journal website. I'm Travis Yonker. Thanks for listening. <laughs>